Ever snore so loud it registered as an earthquake or you woke up with a throat as dry as the Sahara Desert and a headache that could stop a locomotive? Well, I've had all of these because I have sleep apnea. Hi, I'm Scott Mitchell. Yep, I wear a machine plugged into a wall attached to a hose every night. Sound Sleep Medical changed all of this for me, and they can do that for you. They specialize in providing oral appliance therapy for individuals suffering from sleep disorders. In many cases, oral appliances have proven to be as effective as CPAP machines in treating sleep apnea. The lack of sleep is a serious health risk and has been linked to heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and even depression. The oral appliance I got from Sound Sleep Medical has freed me from a hose. I can go anywhere, and I've never slept better. Call Sound Sleep Medical today. Seriously, for a limited time, the first 25 people that call get a free consultation worth 200 bucks. Call 801-783-5451. It's 801-783-5451. Hello, I'm Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And this is Dinner Table Politics. And, you know, Abby, in looking at things to talk about this week, a lot of it's pretty depressing out there. Yep. And I didn't want to talk about something depressing, and I don't think you did either. No. So, what isn't depressing? Space. Space. The final frontier. Uh... Today, actually... That's the only time you get to say that. That's your one time allotted. To saying space, the final... Yeah, so now that's over. That's okay. That's the worst of the Star Trek movies, the final frontier. That's Star Trek V. Is that the one with the whales? No, that's one of the best ones. Oh. Star Trek V is the one where they try to meet God, and they don't. They meet a weird alien in the center of the galaxy who tries to kill them and steal their ship. that's enough of that. All right, that's enough of that. Uh, I have a friend on Facebook. Her name is Maureen Lovejoy Epstein... Shout out to Maureen. Hello, Maureen. Her husband works at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena, California. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we had a tour from him, right? No, no. That's a different oh. guy. That's Lee Polson. Oh, you have lots of Shout J- out to JPL Lee Polson. connections. Dang. Right. I haven't seen Lee on Facebook talking about this, but Maureen was doing a countdown to the landing of NASA's InSight mission. Uh, the InSight rover is has landed on Mars. Yeah. And you ever thought Mars is a planet populated by robots? Have I ever thought that? Yeah. That's I have, weird, right? Well, actually it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's a robot planet. I mean, there's a, there's a map of all of the robots that we've left on the planet that are littering the landscape. And Mar, the, so there's like, there's like two living ones that are still operating among the, the corpses of their brothers. That's correct. That's the one cr- rover sings happy birthday to itself every year, which is really cute. The it one does? rover that's already there, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I said that before on this podcast. I don't know. Uh, well, uh, Maureen on Facebook was posting updates uh, as they're about to land. And after InSight landed, you sent the entire family a text Yeah, saying, I was really excited about it. I was following <laughs> it all day. It was really fun. Well, you said nothing's going to make you happier than watching these nerds I didn't Freak- say nerds. I said cute, dorky scientists. Oh, cute, dor- dorky. I can say that as a scientist, kind of, myself. Cute, dorky scientists. Yeah, everyone yeah. needs to watch it, these cute, dorky scientists freak out when they landed the probe on Mars today. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, f- humans really, really suck sometimes, but then other times we do, like, s- such awesome things like that. We do. This, it, this, that was so cool. I was really excited about that. It seemed like a movie. 
you know, it, it well, it's it's better than a movie because the amount of precision necessary to be able to make sure that this works is just mind-boggling. I can't even imagine the feeling of like having your billion-dollar project from the last ten years. It's multi-billion out. dollars, isn't it? How much did I, Insight no, I, I cost? Thought, I thought it was like eight hundred million. Oh, was it only eight hundred yeah, million? That's all. Only eight hundred million. Right. Well, it's crazy. Uh, the the thing that was most exciting was what they call the seven minutes of terror. Are yeah. you familiar with the seven minutes of terror? Yeah, when they didn't have contact with it. Yeah, right before it lands, they don't have any contact with it. So right. they sit and wait in silence and just pray that everything goes well. And that's why the cute, dorky scientists erupted. Kind of, kind of like me when I'm like taking a test. You know, after... the, there are seven minutes of, of terror? No, it's more like... An hour of terror. It wasn't a good comparison. Scratch that. All Never right. Mind. Oh, sorry about that. It's it's been recorded for posterity. Ugh. Everybody has heard your analogy. Gosh, dang it. No. So the, so there are seven minutes when they don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I keep think whenever you keep saying that, I keep thinking you're going to say seven minutes in heaven. That's why would very, why would I say that? That's a very common phrase. It it's is. A, it's a game. Seven minutes in heaven. Are you serious? Have you what? never seen any teen movie ever? No, is there a teen movie called Seven no, Minutes in Heaven? No, it's a game. Oh I assume it has gosh. to do with sex, right? No, you can't say that. No, it's a game. It's like spin the bottle. Like you, you spin the bottle and it lands on someone, and then you have to go in the closet with them for seven minutes and do what you will. Yeesh. It's. Ve- I can't believe you've never heard of that. It's like I've never heard of everybody's that. Everybody's heard of that. Have you ever played that? I'm no, I'm not. Also, if I had, I wouldn't be saying that on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh! Seven minutes in heaven. Everybody knows. Well, that doesn't that strike is. me as heavenly to be stuck in a closet I didn't with somebody name for seven it. minutes. I'm sorry. All right. Well. Anyways. Well, that's an interesting diversion. Yeah. Sorry. Spaceships. I, spaceships. Let's back back to the spaceships. Yeah. So um, we we um, my sister, your aunt used to live in La Cunada, Flint Ridge, which is actually where JPL is located. Yeah. And how long ago was it that we took a tour? Was um, that? Like five years ago. It About, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, Lee Polson, another shout out to Lee, who works at JPL, was gracious enough to arrange a tour, and we all got to go, and and uh, they, there's one big control room where you can see all of the feeds coming in from the satellites that have been launched. Right. Or not satellites, or the landers or whatever else. The very first one, Voyager 1, uh, st- is still beeping back signals. They get them very infrequently. But what you, a good boy. What a good boy. And they, so they continually get signals from all of these, and they're, they're all in this huge control pet panel. It looks like it's something out of a movie. And we got a chance to actually see the Mars rover. We actually pressed buttons and crashed. No, I'm just kidding. We didn't crash we anything. We didn't touch anything. We didn't, they did have a video where they talked about the seven minutes of terror, though. Um, and, but that was for a different thing other than, than insight. And so this, and we got to see the, the, Mar, the duplicate of the Mars rover that they had built to replicate what was happening on the Martian surface. And right. they created, they'd recreated the surface of Mars. Right. There but what the, does this have to do with politics? Well, uh, this is all funded by the government. And mm. NASA is, is a project that uh, many people have come to criticize over the years and say, look, we have so many problems at home. Why are we wasting all of this money? Because space is so cool. And that's my answer, too. And that may not seem like a politically strong answer, but the fact is the kinds of things that happen in outer space uh, 
that we can't do with private industry uh, inspire the world and inspire everyone to be able to create things that we wouldn't do if we didn't have that kind of inspiration as we were reaching for the stars. Uh, Literally. Literally reaching for the stars, right? And the space program has its roots in a very political background. Yeah. Uh, The whole idea of what they called the space race uh, began when we were up against the Soviet Union and trying to get the first person in orbit and trying to actually get the first satellite in orbit. Why were we fighting over the firsts? Why did we want to be the first person to get on the moon? Well, we so far we're the only people to get on the moon. Yeah, but United we States. Were, but but why were we so determined to beat Russia at all of these things? Well, you it's have not like, to. It's not like we were making weapons. We were just trying to like. No, but uh, everybody recognized that there was military potential if we could figure out a way to get into space. Uh, Ronald Reagan's get pro- the aliens on our side. Get all the aliens on our oh, side. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, that was the plan. No, everything that happened during the Cold War. Uh, had a military application or had some kind of military consequence to it. It's it's something you almost have to live through to be able to fully understand. Okay, okay. In, in my day, when the Russians were trying to take over the world, yeah, there, were, there was absolutely no military att- attempt to do anything with regard to landing on the moon, but it was bragging rights Second with consequences. Russia. And when Russia launched Sputnik, Russia beat us twice. Russia launched the first artificial satellite with Sputnik in yeah, 1955. Yeah, not as cool as the moon. Let's be real. It isn't as cool as the moon. Uh, that, but it was, it was startling to people who were scared that Russia was so far ahead of us technologically yeah. that we were going to be in trouble. And Russia actually had the first person in Didn't space. They shoot a monkey and a dog up there as well. They did what? Not not into. The, they shot a monkey and a dog into space. Yeah. They shoot the, a dog. I didn't know they shoot, I thought, shot a I dog. I thought there was a dog as well. But I'm pretty sure there was I'm a not monkey. Sure. Well, the first man in space. Thank you, monkey. The monkey. Well, I don't know. Anyway, the first man, Yuri Gagarin, uh, went up in April of 1961. And actually, he was the first human in Earth orbit. I'm wondering, who was the first one in space? I can't seem to find that information in front of me. Maybe it's the same guy. But we looked at that, and we were terrified that the Russians had a leg up on us. And so it was in 1961 that John F. Kennedy said, we choose to go to the moon, not because it is easy, but because it is hard, which is a really remarkable that's what I say to myself before I eat, like, a whole box of cookies or something. <laughs> Not because it is easy. But because but it is hard. But it isn't hard to eat a whole box of cookies. It depends on the size. Uh, I suppose that's that's true. All right. Well, so when we get back. Actually, it's mac- macaroons from Trader Joe's. That's not hard to eat at all. You, you haven't done it. It's not. It's like not hard in the moment, but the but the aftershock is is bad. All right. Well, when we get back, we'll talk about the aftershock of John F. Kennedy's challenge to go to the moon by the end of the decade. So it was JFK who said, "We're going to go to the moon by the end of the decade." The decade being the 1960s, and sadly, JFK was not alive to see his vision fulfilled. 
Richard Gosh, Nixon dang was. it, Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. You well, stupid idiot. You stupid idiot. That's probably the nicest thing you can say about him. How come we always say assassin's first, middle, and last name? That's a good question. John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald. Right. The guy who tried to kill Ronald Reagan. Have you ever... What's his name? Uh, uh, John Hinckley. Oh, no. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> he, he ruined... That, that ruined I don't, my he may have He may have a middle name. I mean, we do talk about Mark David Chapman, who shot John, John Lennon. John Lennon, yeah. Right. And he had a copy of Catcher in the Rye in his pocket. Right. That book sucks. It's not a good book. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and what was his name? J.D. Salinger. Very strange man. Didn't we mention him in the last podcast? I don't think so. Okay. Shout out J.D. Salinger. Shout out to J.D. Salinger. He's dead, and he was a recluse. And so, anyway... All right, so JFK said we're going to go to the moon by the end of the decade, not because it is easy, but because it is hard. And we began the Apollo program to be able to launch people into space. We got John Glenn into orbit, we, but there was also uh, a lot of tragedy and setback along the way. Right. Apollo 3, there were three astronauts who were on the launch pad who burned up when yes. they tried to launch and were killed. And when we finally got someone to the moon, Richard Nixon was the president of the United States, and he had a speech written by William Sapphire ready to give in the event that the astronauts would not be able to come home. And you can actually Google it and look online and read the speech that Richard Nixon had in his pocket just in case all the astronauts died. That is really depressing. Well, what's great is that that didn't didn't happen, though, so I guess it didn't happen. Apollo 13 came close to happening. You've seen that movie, haven't you? Yeah, a long time ago. Long time ago. Failure is not an option. Yeah, that's when one more Forrest Gump goes into space. Right, right. It's that's good. That's good. It's nice to have Forrest Gump in space. But the Apollo <laughs> missions. Orbit, Forrest, orbit. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> Instead of run, Forrest, yeah. run. That's, that's that orbit, terrible. Forrest, orbit. I, it just was. It was in my brain, and I had to get it out. Yeah, I'm that's, sorry. That's Apologies. all right. That's all right. Uh, the Apollo missions uh, took up the early 70s, and I was born in 68, so I was born before the first one went up. And I remember watching uh, one of the retrievals of the astronauts. You know, they came down in these capsules and landed in the ocean. They had a big parachute, and they would land in the middle of the ocean. There would yeah. be an aircraft carrier that would go and get them. And I remember but watching. All the dolphins it. were so confused. All the dolphins were just baffled by what was going on. Uh, I was baffled because I kept thinking, "What's the big you deal?" You were an idiot kid. I was an idiot kid, and my parents were saying, "You need to watch this. The astronauts are coming back." And I was raised on Star Trek, and I was raised on the idea that astronauts were people who beam in and beam out and hang out with aliens, and all I saw on TV was a couple of guys who were being fished out of the water, and I thought, what's the big deal? Yeah. It didn't, it didn't make any sense to me. Where's the ray guns? At the same time, the kind of, of excitement that was focused around the space program during my childhood has not been matched as I've grown up. The, the excitement of we went to the moon. And it's astonishing when you realize the technology we use to get to the moon. Your iPhone probably has 20,000 times more computing power than all of NASA did at the time that they launched the mission to the moon. That's wild. They just sent this tin can up there and they hoped for the best. And it didn't have any kind of technology to be able to do it. And I think 
in the early 70s, we kind of got complacent. We thought, okay, everybody's gone to the moon, big deal, here we are. Old hat. Old hat. But we haven't gone back to the moon, and we haven't done anything. Uh, we've launched the space shuttle program. Donald, Donald Trump said, like, last December or something, that we were going to send another man to the moon. But he says a lot of things, so. He says a lot of things, and in fact, President Bush, George W. Bush, talked about sending a man to Mars, and went nowhere. I don't think humans can be, I don't know. You, you don't think humans can get to Mars? Well, well, it takes like years, and then the Mars It takes eight months. It only takes eight months? Right. Oh, never mind. And then like the Mars environment is so much more like hostile than the moon. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but well, from what it looks like. I don't know if the Mars environment is more hostile than the moon, but the trip is far more difficult, not just because of the time, but because there are all kinds of Plus, we've already challenges. seen the Martian. Like, we know how it turns out. Yeah. You have to use your own poop to make a garden, and nobody wants that. Right, and Matt Damon get, has to be rescued again. You know how many movies Matt Damon gets rescued in? Uh, that and Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. And those are the only ones I can think of. Uh, there was a whole list of them. Apparently, there are several others, too. Uh, get your act together, Matt Damon. Matt Damon just likes to be rescued. Damsel in distress. Well... There are people who are saying that we're going to get to Mars, and in fact, a very famous person has said there is a 70% chance that he himself is going to travel to Mars. Elon Musk? Oh, you gave it away, I was going to say, when we get back from our break. <laughs> oh, shoot. No, I mean, who? <laughs> so, rewind in your brain when we get back from the break, I'm going to tell you which famous person says we're going. he's going to Mars. And it's, it may or may not be Elon Musk. So surprise, it's Elon Musk. Yep. Are you surprised? He's a very eccentric person. He is an eccentric person, but you've got to admit that he's kind of a marketing genius. Yeah. In order to market. He shot a Tesla into space. Yeah. just hanging out there. Yeah. Nobody, he doesn't advertise for Tesla. He just launches them into space. So the Tesla is the only car that is circling the earth at the moment. As far as we know. As far as we know. But Elon Musk, he's a strange dude, but he's a fascinating dude. And he says there is a 70% pro- probability that he will personally go to Mars. He's talking about moving there, he says. Hmm. And uh, he thinks that eventually the price to get to Mars will, the price per ticket to maybe around, he's going to get it down to maybe around a couple hundred thousand dollars. He has no idea. He's just talking out of his butt. He has no clue. No. Well, he, he may have a little bit of a clue. But what's interesting here is that you, you're now seeing space exploration. Oh, like being going into the private sector? Going into the being, private sector. That's interesting. Which is interesting. It like it, it's fascinating because nobody ever imagined that that would even be possible. If you watch the movie Apollo 13 at the beginning, Tom Hanks is giving people a tour of JPL, I think it's JPL, or he's giving them a tour of a NASA facility. Yeah. And he says, you know, there are many things, like a computer that can fit into a single room and all of this kind of thing. And the breakthroughs that we've had in computer technology and a lot of the kinds of things that have driven our technological innovation, even in the 21st century, all have their roots in the space program. Hmm. And I think politically... Thanks, Russia. Yeah, Thanks, well... Cold War. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the Cold War produced your iPhone. Wow. To some degree. Uh, military technology and space technology 
and all of those kinds of things continue to be drivers of innovation. And you're seeing that being handed off to the private sector now. The private sector is trying to find ways to be able to get into space but, cheaper but and more efficiently. Isn't um, isn't the um, the White House, well, Donald Trump, they want to start a space force? Yeah, space force. So I want to join the space force. Well, they, they're so vague. I tried reading about it, like what it's going to do. And they were just like, it's going to be part of the army and cost a lot of money. Not the army, like the, I don't know. Just the military. Yeah, the military and cost a lot of money, and it'll be in space. It just reminds and me that's of it. Clancy Wiggum and the Simpsons getting a rocket chair and becoming sky police. Mm, I wish I could relate to that reference. But uh, I oh, see, that's my see. I've got a reference that you don't understand. This is good. That's better than Seven Minutes in Heaven, isn't it? I, I sky police. Literally, everyone knows what Seven Minutes in Heaven is, though. I'm like baffled that you don't. I'm I'm old, and I'm just it's, don't. It's an old out game, of touch. though. Like it's like you've heard of spin the bottle. I've heard of spin the bottle. Yeah, it's the exact. It's in the exact same vein of party activities. No, it's not. Spinning the okay, bottle takes twenty seconds, and okay. Seven Minutes in Heaven takes seven minutes. Let's move on. Let's move on. So yeah, I have no idea what Space Force is going to do, but I think Donald Trump is trying to tap into that kind of excitement. He also that he was have. at he's at a rally tonight for that um, senator in Mississippi, I think, that said racist stuff. You know what senator said racist um, stuff? The, the Which senator, one? The senator that made a <laughs> get joke in about, line. The senator that made a joke about lynching. Oh, boy. Um, anyways. And so he was at a rally for her to because the, their election isn't happening till tomorrow for some reason. I think oh, it was it's the runoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he was saying stuff like we reinvigorated. He didn't use that big of a word, I'm sure, but he was talking about how like we got more excitement in in NASA. Like we landed on Mars, and everyone's like, this was planned under the Obama administration. But. Right. Well, the, the the current Insight mission. Yeah. He's taking credit for it. Kind of, basically. Well. Yeah, you can't blame him. That's what every politician does. Richard Nixon took credit for things that he had nothing to do with when we landed on the moon. He also didn't take credit for things he did do. Shout out Watergate. Oh, ah, yeah, there you go. I see how you how you did that. Yeah. Well, the InSight mission is really fascinating because it's going to do things that we've never done on Mars. It's gonna it's it's designed to dig into the Martian soil. I'm so mad David Bowie isn't alive. What would David Bowie do? Cause Just because he sang Starman or No, because he sang the, the Major song Tom? about Is There Life on Mars. That, his song. That, Does he have a song called Is There Life on Mars? Yeah. Well, he answered that How question. How do I know more about David Bowie you than you don't do? don't know more about David Obviously Bowie than I, I do. Obviously I do. Well, do you know Ziggy Stardust than the spiders from Mars? See, how can he say, is there life on Mars, if there are, he already says there are spiders? It's called Life on Mars. Life on Mars. Yes. But the, there's a line in it that says, is there life on Mars? Well, the way we're going to find out is through InSight digging down 16 feet into the Martian surface. Because if there is life on Mars, it's more likely to be surviving down below if there's liquid water under the Martian crust. What if we just dig down and there's just some dude and he's like, whoa. That would be cool. <laughs> What just one dude. There's only one dude on the surface of yeah, Mars. Yeah, he's like he's just watching Netflix or something, just for years. How's he getting Netflix on Mars? It, I don't know. It's, there it's are a not, lot of not, holes. It's not in very your plausible. I'm, I'll admit. Lots and lots. I what's just, what's just, his name? I mean, what does he eat? I don't know. Just let's just move on. All right. All right. Well, I, I want to explore this, but I think that's very interesting. If there is some dude on Mars, we don't know anything about him. This the the idea though is that. 
the InSight probe is going to be able to determine what's below the Martian crust, and it's also going to be able to track Martian seismic activity. They're looking for what they're calling Mars Marquake Marsh quakes. What's the term? Martian Mars quakes. Oh, okay. It's a the New York Times uses the word Mars quakes as if it's actually in the lexicon. It doesn't even capitalize it. We just all should know what a Mars quake okay, is. Okay, but do you want to hear something like kind of scummy not scummy i don't know the word like um we were making fun of people earlier who were like oh why are we doing this there's so many problems right on earth and i sometimes i do feel like that like obviously this stuff is incredible and amazing and i love science but it is kind of like disheartening when you think about like all the crap that we can't figure out on earth right especially like today with all the garbage going on at the border like us throwing tear gas at um, babies and things and I don't people know people seeking it's, asylum it's just a really weird like compare I don't know it's weird that they happen on the same day like the, this like pinnacle of human achievement and then us treating other humans like trash that's know. true that's true and I think that highlights the need for us to be able to continue to reach out and to celebrate no, the best yeah, de- of us definitely definitely I definitely I mean agree. I don't I don't think that negates what's happening in with NASA and on Mars and do, do where do they get the money? Like do we, like do we send tax money? Your to taxpayer them? dollars at work. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, NASA is fully funded by the federal government. It's not a private organization at all. JPL is fully funded by the federal government, hmm. and people complain about. So that. during shutdowns, does NASA shut down? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, NASA's not. Uh, you know. They don't shut down essential services, and NASA's not what considered. What are essential a, services? Oh, like hospitals and. Oh, okay. I thought I thought you meant essential services for NASA, and I was like, "What's an essential service?" Well, I don't know. I you know that's a good question. They, I'm sure they don't just like turn off the lights and flip all the switches and be like, "Well, see you next weekend," I guess. Well, yeah, I don't know. I I would bet that there would be many NASA workers that would be unwilling to leave, even if they were not getting paid. Oh yeah, they've spent their whole life working on this like crazy huge project and then right well you know it's it's amazing and inspiring to most people but to some people it's the source of great conspiracies and i want to talk a little bit about the conspiracies when we get back from our break So, conspiracy theories. What would politics be like without conspiracy theories? Yeah, we had a whole episode on this already. We did. Did we talk about the moon landing conspiracy theory? Yeah. Well, what we didn't talk about was the fact that the Russians are now planning a mission to the moon to verify whether or not the United States actually landed <laughs> on the moon. This is a fairly recent development. What if, what if they went to the moon and just like kicked over our flag? We would have to go back and put it up. Uh, yes, we would. Well, that, that might start a war, honestly. Do you think he would, like Donald Trump would go to war if like the Russians like? I think the tweets would be epic. We would see some very epic. But that tweets. would be like so insanely disrespectful and like, I don't. Oh, that'd be crazy. Well, uh, I don't know if they're actually physically going there with people. I think they're doing some flybys to the moon. But Dmitry Rogozin, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name, posted a video on Twitter. He said, we have set the objective 
to fly and verify whether they've been there or not. Who is that? Is he a Russian guy? He is the head. Up? He's the head of Russia's Roscosmos Space Agency. So does Russia have like a space, like an actual like space force, like the U.S. wants to have? Uh, I'm not sure if they do. I, the Russians. Because what's the point of us having it if nobody else has one? Well, just to show off. China has one. China has a space China program, and they've I'm been launching people. I'm surprised China hasn't gone to the moon. I'm surprised, too. None, nobody else has gone to the moon other than the United States, which is why the conspiracy theorists say, obviously, we couldn't have gone there and been there. One of my favorite videos on YouTube is one of these conspiracy theorists confronts Buzz Aldrin, who was the second man on the moon. Have you seen yeah, this? No. Buzz Aldrin punches him in the face. Oh, that's awesome. Well, the guy keeps harassing him and harassing him. He's like, you can't tell me, you know, you, you're a liar. Why won't you admit you're a liar? And Buzz Aldrin just, he keeps saying, leave me alone. And finally, he just swings off and decks him. And Can you imagine if it was fake, though, living with that? knowledge forever like you would tell somebody it would have come well that's the reason that yeah that's the reason why it's obvious that that it's not a conspiracy is that sooner or later somebody talks there's a there's a movie capricorn one starring oj simpson as an astronaut and several other before or after oh well before well before that makes sense yeah oj simpson was a movie star sort of he wasn't a very big movie star. He was in the Naked Gun movies and a few other things. But this was his probably his biggest role. OJ, you had so much going for you. What, what, did, what uh, happened? We could do a whole podcast on OJ. But OJ Simpson is one of the three astronauts. They don't know that it's going to be faked, their mission to Mars. But they're abducted before they're about to go to Mars and saying, we can't afford to go to Mars, so you guys all have to go along with this. And they film it in a studio. And then when they're supposed to land... They come back and say, oh, there's been a crash landing and they've all been killed. And so they're going to execute these astronauts and all three of them escape. And two of them get killed as they're trying to escape. One of them being O.J. Simpson. He gets killed in the desert. But one of them makes the, I think it's, no, Elliot Gould is the reporter. I'm trying to think of the, I think it's Sam Waterston. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the last shot is they're at his funeral, this astronaut's funeral. And this astronaut comes running up to show I am alive and expose the conspiracy. But that's the problem with any conspiracy is that the number of people, I mean, you look at all those cute dorky scientists who were cheering today. Yeah. All of those guys would have to be in on the conspiracy. The number of people who were there at NASA as we were landing on the moon, although if you watch Arrested Development, the most recent seasons. I haven't. Yeah. I was, well, I watched the second most recent season, and I was very disappointed, so that kind of turned me off. Well, the fifth season is actually one. better than the fourth, I think. I'm not saying a lot, though. And at one point, they go into Ron Howard's office, and Ron Howard has a moon lander in his office. And he says, yeah, they faked the first moon landing. Not the second. All the other ones were real. But the first one they faked, and me and my brother Clint got to watch it, and they gave us the lander. So the lander from the fake moon landing is in Ron Howard's office. In nice. In Arrested Development. Still not going to watch it, though. All right. Well, you don't have to, uh, but it's it's a Happy Days sequel because you know we've got okay. Ron Howard okay. and Scott Baio and Henry Winkler. It's all good stuff. No, this isn't political this enough. Is another reference I don't really care about. Happy Days? You yeah. don't care about Happy Days? I could not give less of a care about Happy Days. Well, here's a segue for you. The whole idea of the space program calls to mind happier oh days. How's God. that? That's okay. That's an okay segue. That's, that's better than my orbit forest orbit joke. Yes, I I'm think like, it probably I've, was. Like, I still feel kind of nauseous about that one. I'm sorry, again. Well, 
The space program unites us in a way that many other programs don't. Even if you're frustrated that we're spending too much on space, we've actually cut the budget of NASA dramatically over the years. And NASA has had to make do with less, and they've done a remarkable job in doing so. Thank you, scientists. But I can remember there are a few events in your life uh, where you can remember where you were when you heard the news. When Kylie Jenner announced that she had given birth. Yeah, I don't remember where I was. In fact, I didn't know that. I have no idea. Well, that was one of the moments for me. One of the moments for you. But I, you know, people remember. I remember where I was when I heard Ronald Reagan had been shot. I remember where I was when I heard the Twin Towers were were hit with airplanes. I mean, those kinds of big tragedies. And I remember where I was when I heard that the Challenger space shuttle had had exploded. Oh, yeah, that's really sad. I was home from school. It was my senior year of high school, and I was listening to it on the radio. And I, I think I was ditching school, actually. And I heard it on the radio, and I, it was just the most unbelievable thing to me. But one of the things that that did was unite everybody in our appreciation and our understanding of the kind of risks that these people take in challenging the final frontier. That's the second time I've said it. It's it's right near the end of the podcast, so it's probably not bad. But there are dangers and there are challenges, but there are huge triumphs. And the, the upside to reaching out to outer space and to trying to challenge the limits of what humanity is capable of. The upside is limitless. Oh, that was beautiful. Was that beautiful? Yeah, I really liked that. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Uh, Well, so if you think what we do here is beautiful, if you're listening to this podcast on the radio. Don't compare this to NASA. All right. This isn't NASA, but if you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe on iTunes You can also listen to us at the KSL Podcast Center. And uh, until next week, this is Jim Bennett. I'm Abby Bennett. And we'll see you next time on Dinner Table Politics. Keep exploring space. That was good.